It's time for Black and White, a show that wants to bring all of us together, talking again about the issues that concern us. It's time to hear from people who only want to deal with facts. It's time for you to re-engage in your right of American free speech. It's time for Black and White. Welcome back to the program. And joining us today is a gentleman who I've been working for six months to try and get on the show. And I'm, I'm tenacious, so... He's with us today, Roger Stone. Welcome to Black and White. I am delighted to be here. Many thanks. Yes. Um, I've admired your work. I have admired your patriotism for this country. I have not admired the way you've been treated, uh, and we'll get into that. Uh, But I want to start off with your new book called Spartacus, which is a story about Cory Booker. Yes. And... You know, I think that Cory Booker and Kamala fit into a very unique group of people of the minority persuasion who couldn't, who couldn't convince the minorities to vote for them. In fact, I don't think Kamala got any delegates at all after spending 40 to $50 million. And Cory... Uh, similar, he, they, they, they aren't buying their stories. So tell us about the book, why you decided to write it. Well, uh, I agree with your analysis. Of course, the irony here is that both Kamala Harris and then Cory Booker were actually the preferred candidates of the Obamas. They ended up with Joe Biden only because he was kind of the last man standing. Uh, Barack Obama is on the record uh, numerous places undercutting the uh, capabilities of Joe Biden. Um, Never underestimate Joe's ability to F things up, I think he once famously said. Uh, And neither one of those candidates could gain uh, any traction. Uh, In the case of Cory Booker, I have a long history uh, in New Jersey. Uh, in uh, New Jersey, I ran uh, the presidential campaign of uh, Ronald Reagan in 1980 and in 1984. In 1981, uh, I ran the gubernatorial campaign of Tom Kane, uh, who was a great champion of civil rights, uh, a great governor, uh, a great friend. Uh, but I got to uh, between those two campaigns uh, and an earlier campaign in which I bumped off uh, Republican Senator Clifford Case in the Republican primary, I got an intimate knowledge of the 21 counties of New Jersey and the unique nature of uh, New Jersey politics. Uh, The reason that I uh, wrote the book um, with Dr. Randy Short uh, on uh, Cory Booker is because the man is a complete and total fraud. Everything about him is a fraud. It's very important to recognize that the book does not focus on his personal life or his private life, really uninterested in that. What it focuses on is his epic corruption. Cory Booker would steal a hot stove. Uh, All of his uh, political office has uh, not benefited his constituents, but benefited him mightily. He's become quite wealthy uh, through public service. I think it was Harry Truman who says if you get rich in politics, it means you're a crook. 
Uh, and if you look at his tenure as mayor, um, that's most definitely true. Uh, the most outrageous thing, I think, in the book is uh, when he was mayor of Newark, he had the city water authority grant a $600,000 contract to his law firm. Uh, as soon as payment was made, he took that money and put it in his pocket. Uh, when this came to light, uh, he claimed that he knew nothing about it, that he, as an ex officio member of the Water Authority Board, he hadn't voted to award the contract to his own law firm. The minutes of the meeting in which he did vote to give himself the money, uh, of course, are a matter of public record. Uh, and then he let the woman who was the executive director of the Water Authority called Watershed take the fall. She actually got charged when uh, he came up with three different explanations. Oh, that's 600,000. That was that had nothing to do with the Water Authority. Um, that was uh, delayed compensation. Uh, wait a minute. Wait, uh, no, it was uh, uh, it was a buyout from my firm. I mean, the guy had the guy can't even keep his lies straight. Uh, and I think it is uh, his ungenuine nature uh, and his constant profiteering uh, to the strongest reasons uh, why his presidential campaign went nowhere. Um, he may choose to run again. In my opinion, he'll do about as well uh, as he did last time. Uh, the man is, uh, uh, he is epically corrupt. I was asked yesterday on a program to name the single most corrupt U.S. Senator. Now that's a very difficult thing to do, <laughs> uh, but um, he would certainly be in the top three. Roger, I, I, I haven't asked this question of or Cory Booker, but I've asked it of other politicians. How did this man get elected not only mayor of Newark, but how did he get elected the senator for the state of New Jersey? How, how, did, that, how did he accomplish that if, his, if he's such a corrupt person? Well, first of all, politics is show business. Politics is very much uh, about the presentation. Uh, and Cory Booker is a consummate actor. I mean, he has presence. He has charisma. Mm -hmm. He's got a great line of BS. Uh, and those are important qualities. Now, I would point out to you that in his first outing for mayor, uh, where he ran as a reformer, um, he was roundly defeated by Sharp James, his predecessor no slouch in the stealing department, I might add. Uh, it was only on his second go uh, that he became mayor. At that point, uh, Essex County, Newark, uh, is a very powerful power base within the Democratic primary structure. Uh, and then, frankly, by making deals with the South Jersey political bosses, um, he was able to uh, accede to the uh, U.S. Senate only really because uh, two of his predecessors, Senator Bob Torricelli, uh, lost his seat in a corruption scandal, uh, far more talented and more capable than Cory Booker, I might add. Uh, and, uh, and by the way, may not have been guilty of a crime. We really don't know that. He was essentially removed by the New York Times. Uh, and uh, Frank Lautenberg, who then came back uh, to seize that seat, essentially became too old to run for re-election. This 
parted the seas uh, in a way that Cory Booker was able to get to the U.S. Senate. I personally don't believe he lives in New Jersey. I believe he actually lives in Greenwich Village. Um, uh, he certainly doesn't visit the state very often. Um, uh, on the other hand, given the uh, demographic changes in New Jersey over time, I think it's highly, elect uh, highly questionable whether he could ever be defeated within that state. Wow. Back, back when I uh, ran Tom Kane's two campaigns for governor, 1981 and 1985, uh, New Jersey was still a swing state. Gerald Ford carried New Jersey in 1976 over Hubert Humphrey. Uh, Richard Nixon carried, uh, pardon me, over uh, uh, Jimmy Carter. Richard Nixon carried New Jersey in 1968 uh, over Hubert Humphrey. Uh, Ronald Reagan carried it in both 1980 and 1984. Uh, it, it, has always, it has always traditionally been a swing state, uh, uh, a purple state, if you will. Uh, the election of Chris Christie more recently as governor. Um, this is a phenomena that you often see in these northeastern states like Connecticut, like New Jersey, perhaps like New York this year where the level of corruption and the level of taxation uh, and the level of crime becomes so great that the voters will occasionally elect a Republican. Then over time, of course, it goes back to the historic pattern and norm. My guess is Cory Booker can probably be a U.S. Senator for as long as he wants to. But with the publication of this book, I intend to ensure that he never becomes president. Wow. Um, I lived in New Jersey for 37 years, paid the taxes, um, watched what was going on in our state. The, the, the corruption is just amazing. And <clears throat> amazing is pr probably too good a word. Astonishing is a better word, probably. Um, I want to follow up with what you just said and say, uh, and we'll continue this in the second half of the show. But I want to start a dialogue with you about when, when did the tide turn in this country against the Constitution, freedom, First Amendment, Second Amendment? When did, or when do you think it turned that has put our country in dangerous peril? <clears throat> um, before we leave Cory Booker, let me say one other thing. It's important. Sure copy of my book went to every single news outlet in New Jersey, every single one, a complimentary copy. Uh, 600 copies uh, were mailed to uh, book reviewers. Uh, the book got no mention whatsoever uh, in the media, uh, and it was reviewed uh, literally by no one ever. Uh, Dr. Short and I are very disappointed in that, but it gives you some idea of the level of censorship that is causing precisely the problem that you allude to. Uh, I think that the country has always had uh, a ruling elite. I think there has always been a group within uh, the highest echelons of government and industry. Dwight Eisenhower called them the military industrial complex. He warned us against them. Today, we call them the deep state. Uh, liberals can mock us for that, but there is very clearly a permanent 
two-party duopoly that extends to our intelligence agencies, all branches of government, uh, aligned with corporately owned media uh, that have had America on this downward trajectory for some time. The election of Donald Trump actually had the effect of interrupting uh, that decline. Uh, the 2016 election was pre-planned to be a race between Hillary Clinton uh, and Jeb Bush, uh, both elitists, uh, both globalists, uh, different rhetorically, perhaps, uh, that's mostly kabuki theater, uh, but both committed to endless foreign war, both committed to the erosion of our civil liberties, both committed to massive debt, uh, different on taxes in the sense that the Bushes wanted their wealthy friends to pay less, but by and large, despite the rhetorical differences, uh, very much the same. Uh, out of nowhere comes the most improbable presidential candidate you can imagine. Uh, Donald Trump is uh, self-made. Uh, he is, is a very, very much his own man. Uh, he is not beholden to any group or faction. Uh, he had donated to both Republicans and Democrats uh, because he was a businessman. And that's how business is done at that level. I think people would be very hard put to find him asking for any favors from government. Uh, he did uh, complain uh, about the noise level of the planes flying over his uh, estate, later a private club in Florida, uh, landing at Palm Beach uh, County Airport. But so did thousands of residents uh, of Palm Beach who had the same complaint. To my, uh, to my knowledge, that's the only time he sought redress from the government uh, from his grievances. So he was a donor, but not a donor who ever got anything or asked for anything uh, in return. Uh, he interrupted uh, this decline uh, of America, this erosion of our freedoms. Uh, uh, and he did so uh, at great cost to himself uh, and his family. Um, we have seen now, for the first time ever in American history, the complete control and censorship of all mass communications, whether it is network television or cable television uh, or corporately owned radio, which is slowly and surely squeezing out the individual owned mom and pop stations, certainly print media, newspapers, magazines, uh, and of course, complete and total domination uh, and censorship of the internet. Uh, and uh, Trump won in 2016 because there was an unfettered internet. Uh, and I think one of the reasons why his presidency was plagued uh, for four years by the false Russian collusion narrative uh, was because of the growing censorship, which ultimately manifests itself when a president of the United States himself is banned on Twitter, is banned on Facebook. Uh, unthinkable, really. So um, I would say uh, certainly since the 1960s, uh, particularly beginning with the assassination of John F. Kennedy, um, there has been a, a ruling elite, 
a two-party based global elite um, who do not have our best interests as a country at heart, um, who are mostly, mostly in it for the accumulation of money and power, uh, and who have been willing to sell out our constitutional freedoms to get what they want. Wow, thank you so much for that. Um, we're gonna take a, a short pause and be back continuing to talking to Roger Stone, the author of Spartacus about his observation about what's going on. We'll be right back. Hello, this is Dan Perkins, executive producer of programming for Blacks and White Network. We are pleased to offer the opportunity to express yourself on important issues of the day. We are launching BNW Free Speech Question of the Week. Every Monday, we will ask you, our listeners, a single question, and you vote the answer to the question. You will have an opportunity to vote a simple yes or no, and if you want, you can share more about the answer on the website. We will encourage open discussion about the issues. On Saturday, we will announce the vote results. So stay tuned. Watch for the launch of B&W Free Speech. Welcome back. We're continuing our discussion with Roger Stone, who's uh, author of the new book, uh, Spartacus. But we were finishing up the last segment. He's talking about where did the decline. Um, I won't argue the point of all the things that you made, Roger. I, but I'm, today is my 77th birthday. And I've seen a lot of presidential campaigns and a lot of congressmen and senators. I, I don't believe, and, and I've been managing money for 50 years. I don't think I have ever seen the American country morally and financially and economically collapse the way it has under the Biden administration. It isn't just one thing, it's many facets of our country that have just fallen apart. And I'm curious if you have any observations of why it happened so fast. Uh, I think the answer is, first of all, um, that it's willful, it's, it's purposeful. In other words, these are not just wrongheaded policies that have a disastrous effect. Uh, there was a time in this country when both of our major parties were patriotic. John F. Kennedy and Richard Nixon were both ardent anti-communists. They were both cold warriors. John Kennedy was a Democrat. He warned us against secret societies. Uh, he had a deep skepticism about our intelligence agencies. Uh, I, I hate to say it, but the old Democratic Party of Harry Truman, John F. Kennedy, literally no longer exists. The term moderate Democrat uh, is an oxymoron. The Democratic Party has been taken captive by radical socialists, but more importantly, uh, by globalists. Uh, and uh, the people in running government now act like they're in a hurry because I think they still understand that despite their domination of the media uh, and their ability to enforce a false narrative on the people, more and more people are waking up. I believe that there is still a silent majority in the country unhappy with the direction that the country is headed. Uh, and therefore they, they uh, have enacted uh, economic, social, and defense policies uh, that, are destroy, that are designed 
uh, to destroy the country. In many cases, I think they're doing so uh, because they have uh, received the largesse uh, of the communist Chinese. The communist Chinese uh, have systematically uh, infiltrated every institution in the country, whether it is media or business or academia, or particularly real estate. Terrific piece yesterday, which Governor Ron DeSantis pointed out uh, that Chinese interests have bought up 168,000 acres of farmland and ranch land uh, in, in the state of Florida. Uh, I recently saw uh, statistics that showed the Chinese had bought up 360,000 acres of prime farmland and ranch land in Oklahoma. I believe this is going on across the country. The, uh, the Department of Agriculture estimates on how much acreage or real estate the Chinese actually own is completely wrong. I mean, it, it understates it by many times. In many instances, the Chinese are purchasing public properties, ports, bridges, toll plazas, uh, public facilities. Uh, and uh, I think that there is, if you read the New York Post, and I do, um, there's growing evidence that our current president uh, through his family, has taken in millions of dollars uh, from the Chinese. Um, I think this is also true of Speaker Pelosi, uh, as well as Senator Schumer. Uh, so uh, I think that there is a, they have accelerated uh, their, their policies. Uh, and one does not have to be a genius to understand, for example, that if you turn off the Keystone Pipeline, and you restrict permits for drilling uh, of oil and natural gas, uh, that you're going to have a shortage and have to go back to buying energy from abroad, whether it's the Saudis or the Venezuelans or prior to recently, uh, the Russians themselves. That's not rocket science, but it is kind of odd that Joe Biden turns off the American pipeline and turns on the Russian pipeline, which Donald Trump had closed down. Right. So uh, these policies are purposeful. Uh, it is, uh, they're very worried about the next two elections. Uh, they are, they are, I do believe uh, that they cheated in the last election. I know it is uh, terribly politically incorrect to say that. Uh, but when everybody in the media insists that there's no evidence whatsoever of any election fraud or anomaly or irregularity, and that it's a big lie, that it is in itself the big lie. Literally every single day, uh, we uncover more credible evidence uh, of fraud uh, and uh, and uh, irregularities in our elections. When they say the courts rejected all that, no, the courts didn't hear all of that. The courts never agreed to weigh it. That, it's not the same as going to court, making your case and having the court rule against you. Uh, in this case, no court was willing to take the hot potato. So uh, whether or not we can have a free, fair, transparent election in every state in 2022. 
very much an open question, uh, whether we are going to have a free, fair election in 2024 is very much an open question. Uh, the Democrats now read the handwriting on the wall in the sense that between out of control gasoline prices, food shortages, and the massive inflation, which is people are really feeling, uh, working families are particularly feeling, um, they realize that generically they are in deep trouble uh, in the next election. Uh, I think this in turn forces them to double down in their efforts to cheat. Um, I have an article I'm just putting my last finishing touches on today in Florida, any person can walk into the Department of Motor Vehicles and register to vote. And no one will ask you for your proof of citizenship. All you have to do is fill out a form and turn it in. No one says, uh, sir, madam, could I, could I see a birth certificate? Could I see a social security card? Could I see some evidence of citizenship? Uh, the largest single uh, increase in voter registration is coming from our departments of motor vehicles across the state. And therefore, I think that those, there are many, many fraudulent voters uh, being signed up. Um, we have evidence in this state, and this is a state that Donald Trump carried, uh, of, for example, a home that I located in Miami-Dade County, two bedrooms, one bath. A hundred people are registered to vote there, and they all voted in the last uh, election by mail-in ballot. How's that possible? That's, that's not possible. Uh, I found an RV park uh, in Clay County, except for when I went there, it's not an RV park at all. It's just a mail drop. 3,501 people voted from that address, however, and they all voted by mail-in. Isn't that funny? None of them bothered to show up at the polls or come in for early voting or vote absentee. So uh, it is. Uh, it remains to be seen uh, what will happen just a few months from now. On paper, there should be a red wave coming, uh, but whether that red wave uh, uh, is in fact manifests itself in such a way that it can change the direction of the country remains to be seen. And then there's the other question, which is even if you did win a Republican majority in the House and perhaps even narrowly in the Senate, uh, does the current establishment-oriented leadership in those houses intend to change the direction of the country? Kevin McCarthy, the would-be speaker, has already said that he will not entertain articles of impeachment against Joe Biden. I don't know why not. Between uh, what we've already seen in Hunter Biden's laptop and his dereliction of duty on our southern border, there are certainly much stronger grounds to impeach Joe Biden than there ever were uh, to impeach Donald Trump, who was forced to go through the indignity of two completely bogus impeachment proceedings. So, um, you know, in a certain sense, we have to be concerned that the election of an establishment-oriented Republican majority is like leaving the dirty diapers on the baby and just changing the pins. Yeah. Um We've got a, a few minutes before we have to say goodbye and, and we're gonna have you back on real soon. Um, I, I, I found what you were talking about being fascinating, but there's another major issue that's 
getting a lot of pushback from the parents. And that is what's happening in the public school system, the, the transgender and the critical race theory. Parents are up in arms all over the country and school boards are being replaced and people are running for school board based on the idea of stopping critical race theory at pronouns and all this other stuff. Is that a major campaign issue in your mind? Most definitely. Uh, look, because I'm a, I'm a political scientist, I still work as a uh, as a political consultant, um, which is a, a data based endeavor. Uh, it's a data data based calling. Um, I am constantly looking at French, uh, at fresh polling data, places like Nevada, Pennsylvania, New Jersey, uh, Florida, uh, Minnesota. Michigan, uh, and um, there is definitely a revolt uh, at the at the parent level uh, over um, the the uh, the indoctrination being forced on school children regarding sex, race, gender, and so on. And it is definitely manifesting itself uh, in these school board elections. This is yet another reason why the Democrats are in full panic because the earliest school board races um, would uh, point towards an upheaval uh, at that level. Uh, there is no question, uh, and we've seen the documentation despite his denial, uh, that the government uh, considered uh, claiming that any parent who objected to the curriculum being forced on their children and went to a school board to voice that objection, which they certainly have the right to do under the First Amendment, uh, and as parents, um, would be deemed uh, a domestic terrorist. Uh, that seems to me to be uh, part of a trilogy. Uh, they would like to get to a point, uh, and there are draft documents you can find online from the Department of Homeland Security where they consider uh, using the Patriot Act uh, and some of the laws passed after 9-11 uh, to claim that anyone who questions the outcome of an election anyone who questions the safety and effectiveness of vaccines, uh, and anyone who questions the curriculum being forced on kids in the public schools uh, isn't deemed a concerned citizen, they're deemed a domestic terrorist, and therefore they can be arrested, they can be held uh, without public notice, they can be tried in secret, uh, hell, they could even be executed. Uh, so um, that's not an exaggeration under the laws that were passed uh, in the wake of 9-11. So uh, unfortunately, we're out of time, but where can we get your book? Uh, well, that's an excellent question. Uh, right now, I guess the best place to go would be to go to Amazon. Uh, it's Spartacus by Roger Stone and Dr. Randy Short. Um, it is, uh, it's a breathtaking read. You have never read about corruption uh, that is this egregious. Thank you so much for spending time with us today. We'll be right back.